0: Welcome back. You're listening to Nate the Hate on YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. Be sure to like the video and subscribe if you haven't already. I'd like to welcome in my co-host, Modern Vintage Gamer.
1: What's up, Nate? Great to be here. Thanks for having me on and uh, great to be back. I know we've been off again, but uh, we've got a pretty good topic to talk about today.
0: do have a good topic to discuss today. But before we get into today's topic, I first have to make the acknowledgement for today's episode dedication, which goes out to Shamsa, whom has generously donated $100 in support of the channel. Thank you for your continued generosity and support, Shamsa. And if you would like to support the channel, we have a Streamlabs link in the description below. Donate any dollar amount, ask a question, we will answer the question at the end of the episode. Donate $100 or more, and we will dedicate the episode to you. And once again, today's episode is dedicated to Shamsa. And the topic. For today's episode is Nintendo Switch Online and the future of the service for the Nintendo Switch platform. In our last episode, we discussed how Nintendo Switch Online will be expanding with brand new platforms of which include the Game Boy and Game Boy Color, but unfortunately not the Game Boy Advance. And immediately after our video was published... Several outlets came out to corroborate the information that we had discussed, and Eurogamer went one step further, having noted that additional platforms will also be added to Nintendo Switch Online in the future. And today, I would like to add to that, that yes, that information is accurate, and one of the platforms that will be coming to Nintendo Switch Online in the future is the revolutionary Nintendo 64. Now, this was a platform that we touched on briefly in the previous episode. And how they're going to bring it to Nintendo Switch Online is certainly a matter of discussion. And that's what we're going to have here today. And the topic in relation to Nintendo 64 is more so not about whether or not it can be brought. We know they can do N64 games. We've seen it with Mario 64 and the 3D all Stars collection. And we've also seen Turok, Turok 2, Quake with Quake 64 content. But it's more about the financial reality of bringing N64 to Nintendo Switch Online and how Nintendo could do this. Because right now, Nintendo Switch Online is $20 a year essentially nothing pennies pennies a day Mm -hmm. and as you and i discussed in the prior episode n64 is a more lucrative platform in our view where nintendo could make a lot more money with these titles so what i'm going to propose is that when nintendo 64 does come to nintendo switch online it is going to come with the introduction of a higher priced tier a premium version of nintendo switch online if you will and this is something that nintendo themselves have expressed some interest in potentially exploring and i'd like to know what your thoughts are on that topic mvg do you think nintendo could potentially explore the idea of a higher priced tier for nintendo switch online and use that as the introduction of n64 on the platform
1: uh, I think so. I mean, if we're talking about n sixty four, that would definitely be a a higher tier in, in my view anyway. And I think mm-hmm. the amount of work that Nintendo would have to put in to mount and and get n sixty four on that service would probably you know, represent something that they would put X number of millions of dollars into to make that happen. And not to mention, you know, seeking out old games from third parties they could put on the system. They may have to pay some type of, you know, write a check to a third-party publisher or a third-party developer to get their games on that service, N64. So I could probably see a higher tier of service. But one thing that you said when you were talking previous, just before, Nate, was we've already seen N64 come to the Switch with Mario 3D All-Stars and Turok 2 and Quake 64. Now, I just want to just clarify a few things. So Turok and Turok 2 and Quake 64 are, are ports, so they're not actually using any type of emulation. Although they were all based on N64 games, it, if that's what you were referring to, then yes, that, that you're absolutely right. But I just want to you know make the viewers understand that they're not – those right. games aren't running emulation at all the only one that uh-huh. the, the only one that i know of at least is super mario 64 in the 3d all stars package which also brings me to another thing so i um i think in the last episode we talked about n64 briefly and we kind uh-huh. of felt like this doesn't feel right for for multiple reasons and we'll definitely get into those because I think it's definitely worth exploring this because N64 is something that Nintendo by rights should should give to us you know should should already be on the service I mean we've seen it on the virtual console previously there's no reason why at least from a technical standpoint that that we don't get N64 but I mean there are I guess, some some things that, that I want to talk to you about as far as why I have concerns about N64. And I did mention in the last episode that I don't know if it feels right to me. And even though, you know, there is uh, rumblings of N64 coming, and then you mentioned Eurogamer, you know, potentially talking about other systems n 64 would be the next logical step. I mean, we, we, we skipped over game boy advance. I think we both agree that that wasn't the next logical system to bring to this service. I mean, if I'm Nintendo and I do want to introduce a premium
0: tier to Nintendo switch online, I think N64 is the perfect platform to introduce it with. It does make sense. Higher quality games. Right. And when you look at what is to come with a like Game Boy and Game Boy Color, it feels as though it finishes that I want to say that aesthetic feel mm-hmm. that we've seen with the NES and Super NES editions on Nintendo Switch online. Like let's round it out of kind of like that generation or era of gaming. Yeah. And N64 would be that that next step, the you know, the birth of 3D gaming. And if I'm Nintendo I know N64 is worth a lot more than $20 a year. Yep. These, the emulation alone yeah. would probably, you know, justify a price increase. And I think if I'm Nintendo, I really have to gauge at a price range which would feel appropriate because $20 is a steal. Especially when you look at PlayStation Plus and Xbox Live Gold, which are upwards of $60 a year, Nintendo's sitting here basically giving you a service away from nothing, though in comparison to those other services, they really don't offer you that much. So N64 coming in at a higher price premium service would allow Nintendo to feel a little more competitive Mm -hmm. when it comes to online service competition, but what would feel like a fair price in your opinion for nintendo to charge for the inclusion of nintendo 64
1: honestly nate i don't think they should charge any more than an extra five dollars for it and even that may be a stretch like i don't think it should be that high like do you think it's do you think it's like a ten dollar increase or or higher like for me i think it's you know just a little more than what we're paying because they need to be careful like if uh-huh. they if they go let's say for argument's sake they they push it to 30 right or 35 uh-huh. there's going to be a lot of people that just are like I don't I don't really care about this this is not what I'm interested in and just stay where they are i think they need to be careful that they don't actually alienate people and 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 move people away from the service you know what i'm saying because it's it's uh-huh. it's one of those things where if you do like N64 and you want to play it, sure, you may you may jump in and, and pay the extra money, but, I mean, there are people out there that may not be able to afford that that cost every month, you know. Um, so you want to make sure that you don't, um, you know, you still have your hardcore fans that love N64 and your new fans that, that experience it for the first time. I don't feel like you should should price it too high out, out of their range though. Um, but what what would you say the increase would be if it was N sixty four? What 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 were your thoughts there? Um I was thinking of they would probably try to push the limits
0: of anywhere between thirty to forty dollars a month with N sixty four being included in the premium Nintendo Switch online service. And my mentality with that was if they do exactly what we have seen them do with the Super NES and NES games, and that's include online multiplayer mm-hmm. with N sixty four games, even though it is limited to just those on your friends list, but if you can play Mario Kart sixty four online,
1: mm-hmm. that's a pretty attractive selling point. It is. It is no no doubt. And, or Smash I mean, Brothers? Is maybe. it
0: a yeah? Yep. Even Smash Brothers. And But one thing that I was kind of back and forth on in my mind is how far would Nintendo really take N64 emulation? Would they go as far as what we saw with Super Mario 64 and 3D All-Stars? Or are we going to get more along the lines of what we saw on the Wii and Wii U Virtual Console, which Wii was a good emulator. The Wii U had... Yeah the contrast problem where it was significantly darker than the native versions. But 3D All-Stars with Mario 64, that went well beyond normal emulation mm-hmm, that right. we have seen from Nerd in the past for virtual consoles. So maybe it's somewhere in the middle. And you know, I think $30 a year, you'd have a substantial amount of people who would be fine with that. And you also have to keep in mind that if Nintendo does opt to go this route. You would offer, essentially, Nintendo Switch Online Silver. Mm -hmm. $20 a year. You get the NES through the Game Boy games. And then you have Nintendo Switch Online Gold, where you get the aforementioned platforms, plus this new higher tier, which would include N64. So they would give you options. Now, if they wanted to go one step beyond this, which I would say is incredibly unlikely, is that you would have the option to be a Nintendo Switch Online Silver subscriber and maybe have that so slim of a chance to purchase N64 games individually on Nintendo Switch eShop, which Mm -hmm. is something we have discussed several times in the past that all of these Nintendo Switch Online games should be purchasable as individual products and it should not be solely tied to the service itself. And maybe N64 is the time that they... Kind of consider that because, as we've mentioned, N64 is a potential gold mine for Nintendo. But that can work in two ways. If you do attach it to that higher price service, then it's a gold mine for new subscribers, people who want to upgrade because they want access to those games. But at the same time, as you mentioned, they could potentially price themselves out of a certain consumer base. So if you could sell the games separately for 15 bucks, you would at least cater to that audience who maybe doesn't want to give Nintendo $30,
1: thirty, thirty-five, or forty dollars a year for online play. Well, I mean, if you do that, you're you're, you're going back almost to the virtual console model, right? And how much right. how much was Nintendo charging for those games on the Wii U? Was it ten bucks? I think it varied. I think it depended on the game that you played. But like, if you wanted yeah. Wave Race or um, 1080 mm-hmm. Snowboarding or Mario 64, I think you're playing you're paying ten bucks. But some of the games were priced higher, I believe, as well.
0: Yeah, I think most of them around $10. I think titles like Sin and Punishment may have been $15.
1: Yeah. Do you think, though, that if you were a Wii U virtual console owner and Nintendo decided to drop games on the eShop and priced them at $10, we'll say, do you think that would receive some backlash? Not that anyone actually owned and played the Wii U, but do you see what I'm saying? Like (laughs) basically telling people to buy the same games from the virtual console that you already Uh had in your library versus just paying a flat flat price and saying, here's N64, you need another extra $5 or an extra $10 to unlock this Uh service and and play those games anytime you want for as long as you want. I mean that's a good point. There definitely would be some backlash from the
0: very small audience that did on the Wii U and bought those games on the virtual console. But given the scope of the Switch's install base, there's so many new consumers that I'm sure there would be some who have been lapsed gamers who maybe haven't games since the GameCube era, who have reinvested themselves in Nintendo's ecosystem on the Nintendo Switch, who would be interested in buying an N64 game again. Yeah. But as we've each mentioned, If it is just on Nintendo Switch Online service and you have access to it wherever, whenever, that's probably enough to satiate that need, especially if you can launch the service with titles like, you know, Wave Race, as you mentioned, Mario Kart. And if you're Nintendo, how do you bring Mario 64 to this service after having released Super Mario 3D All-Stars?
1: I mean, that's a great question. And maybe you, maybe you just bring out Mario 64 emulated without any of the enhanced versions or the enhanced features that you got with the 3D All-Stars collection. Maybe it's just but- uh, just a, a ROM at the end of the day, right? And I don't know. I mean, th- and that's the other thing that, that makes me wonder if, if this is something Nintendo will actually follow through with. I mean, because the other question I have, and I know – I know we have to talk about this because it's the elephant in the room. Literally is if you look at the top 25 best N64 games, mm-hmm. there is golden eye in that list. There's Banjo Kazooie. There is um, perfect dark. There is jet force. Gemini. There, there mm-hmm. is uh, Diddy Kong racing. You know, there's all uh, Conker's bad yeah. fur day. There's that <laughs> amazing collection of rare games that its absence would almost, you know, just be like, well, what's the point if we can't have these games? And um, Mm -hmm. unless Nintendo has indeed struck a deal with Microsoft and got these games on this service, which that is an absolute reach um, for me, that's, that's me fanboying, you know, (laughs) it's very hard for me to imagine that um, we'll ever see those games on that service. So how do you kind of, Deal with the void of those amazing games that are literally in the the best twenty twenty five games uh, for the N sixty four. That absence, you know, that big gaping hole that you would you would have that you just can't fill. I mean, do you think that would be something Nintendo would be not concerned about, but very very much aware of, and and they would still try to figure out a way around that? But what, what are your thoughts on that? it doesn't quite work and you you have a construction off over the course of the of the narrative a construction off the uh. way the way we can do this is that we ditch your idea entirely entirely check out the gaming blender on all your favorite podcast platforms now
0: yeah that's <laughs> that is certainly a big problem for Nintendo and the N64 and you know in general because if we think back to a couple of years ago when the topic of a Nintendo 64 classic was brought up the constant mention of if you don't have rare games on this mini yep. what's the point what's yeah. what's the appeal of buying an N64 mini right and people say oh well there's still a lot of good games no one's debating that there are a lot of other good games but when you think back to N64 memories for a lot of people it was playing local multiplayer of golden with friends or yeah. perfect dark or exploring the world of banjo kazooie on your own yeah and if you're old enough you may have played Conker's bad fur day and it is hard to imagine an n64 mini or nintendo 64 being on nintendo switch online without having those staples that defined the console or killer instinct gold
1: mm-hmm. yep uh blast corpse of- is another one that is Yes, very underrated, but it's a a, a fantastic game. Yeah, fantastic games,
0: iconic Mm -hmm. N64 games. I mean, who doesn't picture that introduction sequence for GoldenEye 64, the spinning Nintendo logo, and then the Rare logo coming up, and the introduction of James Bond, or watching the N64 logo spin (laughs) and become the perfect dark icon?
1: Yeah, I I mean, and if you could have... If you could have GoldenEye on the NSO service with the multiplayer, I mean, come on, (laughs) what else is there? What what else do you want, right? I mean, that that thing is going to print money. That's going to print money. And so the absence of stuff like that really makes it hurt. Um, Now, that's not to say there isn't some amazing games they could put on this service. Nintendo obviously has a lot of things up their sleeve that they could do. It's just that, Mm -hmm. you know, there's... There's just 10 quality rare games right there that that will just never be on the service, unfortunately.
0: I mean, it's a harder sell to people, I would say, today than it was 10 years ago or more with the Wii U and the Wii Virtual Console. Like, when the Virtual Console was out there and you were buying N64 games, it really was just a wave of nostalgia because we didn't have means of playing these games any other way at that time back in 2006. Right. Emulation on PC did exist, but it's, it wasn't perfect. Yep. And you needed a high-end PC to really get N64 games running at an acceptable performance rate. Now, emulating N64 games is as simple as taking out your phone. Yeah, that's true. So you can emulate that, or you can get an Xbox Series S, Yep. go to MVG's channel <laughs> and play N64 games <laughs> and figure out how to do it. That's true. It's, it's more challenging now to really get that appeal of nostalgia that you had, you know, 15 plus years ago. So just offering Mario 64 and Mario Kart and wave race on Nintendo switch online alone may not be enough to sell everybody, but at the same time, it's a lot more exciting than game boy and game boy color. Yeah. Yeah. And I think with the advent of N64, coming to Nintendo switch online, it's more about a promise of what the service could potentially expand and evolve into. And if I'm Nintendo as a business, I know I can make more money with the service, but at the same time, I have to acknowledge what I'm offering you. I'm offering you nothing. Mm-hmm. I'm giving you access to cloud saves online multiplayer, which is devoid of all modern features. I mean, some, yeah. most of our games barely have a lobby. We don't have a voice chat. So we'll, All we're really doing is charging you for PVB connection. And we made this look appealing by giving you access to old retro games at a drip feed. And they know they have to make this look better. And N64 would be that answer. But they do have that software problem that you bring up. The absence of rare games. And when you really think of even Nintendo's output, yeah, there is some iconic games that Nintendo published throughout that generation. But what would you pick as, like, the initial wave of releases for N64 if you had to choose, like, 10 games Ooh. that would really make you excited, removing the rare and yeah. the improbable from the equation?
1: Well, I mean, obviously, you would pick Ocarina of Time. That has to be in there. And I think right. that's probably one of the reasons why, it, you know, N64 on the service, you know, I, I would I would say potentially – could happen because ocarina of time is look i feel really strongly about this night i think ocarina of time and majora's mask will end up on the switch i just don't know when Mm -hmm. and in what medium whether it's just you know a, a double pack collection or if it's on this service at some point but i i feel pretty strongly that we'll see those games so anyway i'd say ocarina of time um look i would say um I'm, I'm going to skip Super Mario 64 because I, I feel like Nintendo wouldn't do that. Like I, I feel like they would say, "Look, if you want Mario 64, there's 10 million copies of Super Mario 3D All Stars out there. Go figure it out yourself." Right. Good luck. Uh, yeah, ex- pretty much. Yeah. Um. So Star Fox 64 would be another game that would absolutely make the list. Paper Mario, mm-hmm. I think, would make the cut. Mario Kart 64 i mean that's an absolute certainty if you want if you want to sell people on n64 um you got to come with the heavy hitters and mario it doesn't get any bigger than mario kart right so um right f-zero is another game that i would put on that list only because i love f-zero Ooh. um i would probably put mario party 3 i want to say on there or maybe 2 well i wouldn't put both i'd put either 2 or 3 and I always get confused about which one is the better game, but whichever one is the better game, um, <laughs> I would put that on there. Um, look, I would also, I would also tap, um, I would also tap Lucas and say I want Rogue Squadron on there. Right, that has to go on there. Mm-hmm. Um, Smash Brothers would be another one. I don't know, how many is that seven? Uh, ExciteByte sixty four yes. would be another one. I would do. I would do Wave Race as well. And maybe ten eighty snowboarding um and okay. I would round it off with like Mario golf or Mario tennis. I think that would be a pretty that would be that would be pretty compelling to anyone that's that sees these games on there and says this is this is pretty good you know i I would do that I mean was there anything that that's that I missed there on that list that uh, you can think of um, I
0: mean maybe a couple third party things, but you yeah. know that would be the challenge of nintendo being able to get titles yeah i mean throw on like donkey kong 64
1: yeah um that that that's actually oh, uh, that would be a really good pick as well um
0: yeah like, i mean there's some good third
1: party stuff too yeah
0: and you know i don't know how easy it would be for nintendo to do but i would imagine they would have some say due to being the license holder but i would throw on cruising usa
1: Yep, I think they could do that. Um, I think there's no reason why Cruising USA and the sequels... Uh, yeah, World. To do World. Yep. So like, that would-
0: I think Nintendo could launch it with top-notch 10 games. Yeah. Like As you mentioned, like Ocarina of Time Mask, Mario Kart, Wave Race, F-Zero X. That's a strong lineup of iconic games that... Were really revolutionary for their time especially for the platform and you know you come in at that we'll say 35 dollars. we'll split the difference between like 30 and 40 mm-hmm. 15 a year increase it may be compelling enough to get several million people to upgrade their nintendo switch online i mean i would and if these games do feature online multiplayer mario kart 64 would be a blast smash Brothers. I mean, Smash Bros. 64 hasn't exactly aged gracefully, but yeah. it's, at least it's a selling feature. Yeah. Now, I mean, I don't know how complex it would be to add online to N64 games. I mean, I imagine it was complex to add to even the Super NES and NES games because they essentially just made the local multiplayer online. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if you got it down to perfection on those platforms, I would imagine transferring that code to n64 probably wouldn't present too many obstacles yeah if it's the same type of utilization of just making local co-op yeah into
1: online I, I think it wouldn't be that much more complex than than what they currently have but um if you want to do four player you know split screen mario kart i mean right now the service only handles two um so adding four players means that they may have to tweak things to get that that working properly so there may be some additional overhead there as well for them but I, other than that i it's it's probably not that much more difficult than what they already have so certainly it is viable
0: for nintendo to bring n64 to nintendo switch online but there's still that there's still a the problem that's in the back of my mind of how exactly or Does this really make financial sense for Nintendo to introduce a higher tier, introduce it with Nintendo 64 when N64 games, if you go the emulation route that we saw Mario Mm -hmm. 64 and 3D all star collection, doesn't that kind of promote the idea that there is a more profitable way of releasing these games as individual products on the eShop? Because even though it's not emulation, they're ports, as you mentioned at the start of the show, yeah, Turok games, Quake, yeah they have all found financial success being standalone releases. And that should prove that there is an interest in these older titles. And Nintendo is certainly well aware of that market data. And it seems surprising that they wouldn't in turn use that. And the only reason I could see them going with N64 for Nintendo Switch Online is because we are four years into the Switch lifecycle, and we have not seen Nintendo make that effort to release an individual n64 game from their back catalog to the service beyond mario 64 and 3d all-stars collection right and if they thought that was an avenue that they considered exploring they likely would have tapped into that well far earlier in the generation and that's what pushes me to really fully invest in the idea that n64 is coming to nintendo switch online they will raise the price of the service through an introduction of a higher price tier and nintendo thinks that is makes more financial sense for them at the end of the day than
1: to release wave race or F zero X at yeah. 10 or $15 on the eShop. shop well, Maybe the answer is somewhere in the middle, you know, because here's my question to you. What do you do about the two Zelda games? Do you, do you just put them on the same service or do you actually do the 3d all stars approach and put them on a collection, sell it for $60 and, Sell five million copies. What w- six would, months ago? Wouldn't Nintendo want to go that? Because I mean, I guess the point is, if they just set up N sixty four online and throw everything on there, mm-hmm. they're that that they're, they're, they're giving us a message here that whatever you know, anything that's N sixty four is not going to get the um the enhanced treatment after this. You know, we're we're pretty much making right. a statement here that. Other than third parties that, that do their own collections and stuff, you know, Castlevania may do their N64 Castlevania collection. We'll see. <laughs> Those games are horrible. Um, but I would not want... Oh, um, I, didn't, I didn't hate it that much. Oh, they were pretty bad. That, I mean... Come uh, yeah. on. Yeah, the yeah, that, little kid becomes Dracula and you fight him. <laughs> I guess, you know, <laughs> Nintendo loves to print money and they, 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 they always want to make money. So, you know do you do you say Zelda Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask is on the same service and look people are still going to sign up for the service and it's still going to make them millions of dollars especially on top of the existing memberships they have it'll bring in a lot mm-hmm. of new people so that is definitely a selling point putting those big Zelda games on that service but mm-hmm. you know Nintendo loves doing these collections as well so you think that they would just they would just treat everything on N64 and put it under this service. They wouldn't make any exceptions for anything.
0: I would say it may be a game by game case Mm -hmm. because six months ago, I would have said Ocarina of time and Majora's mask would be bundled with like twilight princess and wind waker HD to make the package more appealing for $60. The fact that, Nintendo's kind of treating Zelda's anniversary like a Metroid anniversary year of just simply ignoring it outside of like a few minor mentions. Yeah. I think positions those two titles well for Nintendo Switch Online to be those launch day, you know, mm-hmm. attractions. But I do wonder if Nintendo is referencing Wii and Wii U virtual console sales data. Mm-hmm. And they're looking at these figures and they're saying, you know, this attach ratio was abysmal on the Wii U. People may not want to give us 10 or $15 anymore for these games, so we have to pivot to something else. Let's pivot to a subscription service where we just want to keep you subscribing for as many years as possible, and we're going to just rake in that money from really not doing much. Mm-hmm. And Ocarina of Time is that perfect showpiece it's yeah. a legendary game everyone's heard of it but at the same time i guess if nintendo ever wanted to do an hd version they have that outstanding 3ds build with the remastered textures the in the updated character models yeah yep. they could just reference that and hd that mm-hmm. for future releases and on nintendo switch online we get to enjoy the original vision for the product
1: Yeah. Look, you've said a couple of things that have made me think about this a little. I mean, I don't want to say, you know, (laughs) Nintendo's lazy or anything, but maybe, maybe, you know, there's too much money involved in remaking everything or or remastering everything. Uh You know, if you, if you want the path of least resistance and you're still going to make a lot of money, then yeah, you would put these games on the service because they are big titles that will draw a lot of people to this service and look I'm not mm-hmm. saying Nintendo looks at what game pass is doing but this would be you know almost their equivalent of that right if you've got these big heavy hitter Zelda games you've got you've got um, the uh, Mario Kart 64 you've got Smash Brothers you've got Paper Mario on there you've got Mario tennis Mario golf I mean that's that's a pretty big library of games Good games that that would draw a lot of people to that service, a lot of new p- people to that service as well. So, I mean, mm-hmm. I could definitely, you know, agree with with what you're saying. I just the part that I just, I guess, I just struggle with with all of this is, you know, the rare thing is is obviously something that I, I've I just don't feel like it's almost worth doing if Rare's not there. You know, if if rare isn't in the in the picture, which which they're not, then it's like, well, why bother? But um, I also feel like, you know, a lot of these games may end up on collections at some point. But uh, you know, maybe N sixty four isn't you know the top tier of uh, Nintendo games, but it's I guess the the tier underneath that. You know, the ten eighties, the the Wave Races, the Pilot Wings. You know, those games, right? Which are still fantastic games. The F the F Zero. Um, uh, F Zero X game, which is a, a fantastic game, but it's look mm-hmm. oh, honestly, it's not it's not a, a a tier of games that Nintendo would probably want to remake. You know, because they know that it doesn't have the the pull like the the bigger titles do. So, I could potentially right. see those games, and maybe they drop in, um, you know, uh, an A list games well in that list as well, or maybe one or two. But it's it's hard for me to imagine. Nate that they would just play the ace in the hole, you know, with the the Zelda games um straight up and say, you can play Zelda on this on this system, you know. But I guess if they did that, then yeah, I mean the message is loud and clear that Zelda's not getting any more love on, on other than Breath of the Wild 2, you know. So um I think that's also interesting to think about.
0: I mean when I look at N64 games. I mean, like, I've enjoyed the output from studios like Night Dive. The Turok releases were fantastic on the Switch with the introduction of gyro aiming. Mm-hmm. It, it played really well. It felt a little modern with that feature. And, like, then Turok 2 introduced online multiplayer. And it had the gyro aiming and all that. And it, it it was such a fun game to revisit on Switch and modern platforms. And, I mean, that's credit to night dive Mm -hmm. that they're willing to invest and commit resources to that type of product to really bring it to a more modern era and here we're talking about nintendo and as you mentioned you know the term like you know lazy and no developer is lazy it's nintendo is cost efficient yeah When they look at a game like, you know, the Ocarina of Times, the Majora's Mask, or F-Zero Xs, it's how can we make the most money on this product for the least amount of investment? And Nintendo Switch Online may be that answer. They just introduce that higher price tier and say, we made it a little better. We've cleaned it up. We did proper emulation. It's going to look good on your 720p screen for the Switch. It's going to look good on your 1080p screen your television and that's as far as we're going it didn't cost us that much money and you're more than happy to give us 35 dollars a year to play these games yeah yeah versus them actually going back to them and saying well let's remaster some of these textures let's update some of this stuff here let's enhance the controls with the introduction of gyro aiming and let's actually commit meaningful money to this project And we'll release it as a standalone game because the problem with that, I would say is nerd doesn't really do that type of project. Right. Nerd is mostly just emulation and finding the perfect means of doing it. So Nintendo would have to contract an external studio to do that work like a night dive for an example. And I don't see Nintendo investing that type of money into that type of project as much as as a fan that disappoints me because that's what i want i want to see ocarina of time 3ds in hd i want to experience that game with all of its visual majesty in the best way possible now would i replay the n64 version on my switch yes you probably would it's still yeah a very good game yeah it's jaggy you see every polygon and link's face (laughs) but you know it doesn't matter it's still a good game and it's just i feel like that's the struggle with a nintendo fan is that we know they can do better we want them to do better but at the end of the day we know they're not going to do better nintendo could be that a plus student they're okay with a b
1: yeah yeah I mean, and yeah, look, I I don't disagree with you on on that. Um, I think a lot of a lot of the Nintendo Switch Online service has to do with just having that available to you. You know, I mean, how many how many games on NSO have you played and finished? Have you actually played and finished anything on that service? I I, I finished
0: a handful. I beat Star Fox One and Two. Yep, I, I beat Star
1: Fox. Which, I mean, we shouldn't really boast about that. It takes about 45 minutes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of games you can you can, you can can blaze through pretty fast on that service. Yeah, I, I went through um, Super Ghosts and Goblins
0: just because I love that game. Did
1: you do two loops of that and get the true ending, or you just did the, the, just first? the first loop? Yep.
0: Yeah, I did Link to the Past because I replay that game wherever it comes out. Mm-hmm and i did
1: super metroid and super mario world so the games that i played to completion are star fox super metroid and i think that's it like i haven't played and finished anything else um i've played you know i played a few rounds of mario kart i'm probably halfway through you know the 150 cc um stuff right now but i guess what i'm getting at is is it just a convenience thing for a lot of people where it's like, I've got all these games at my fingertips versus I'm going to play every single one of these. It's like Netflix, you know, Um, having Netflix available to you is cool because you have, you know, a thousand movies and a hundred TV show series at, at your disposal. And they're kind of basically banking on the fact that they don't care if you actually play anything. They just don't want you to lose your subscription. And I think adding N64 is, you know, is is cementing that approach. And, you know, provided they add the right games on that list, will also help generate new people, very much in the same way as Game Pass.
0: Yeah, and I think that's the goal with this is that they're running out of quality NES and super NES games that they could really add to the service. Not counting, you know, like earthbound and Mm -hmm. Mario RPG, which just seemed like Nintendo's intentionally not wanting to bring them to the service at this point. But they seem like they're at the bottom of the barrel and scraping it to find something to put on the service. So they're kind of in that desperation mode of we have to make this service more appealing. Game Boy and Game Boy Color will give you that temporary moment of, oh, cool, I get to revisit you know, Donkey Kong 94, the greatest game of all time, or Super Mario Land. Yeah but you need something more to keep people compelled. And that's where N64 would come in and you just give them like the titles we have mentioned. And that would be enough. Even if it's, even if you just play F zero X for 10 minutes, yeah, it made you, you saw that title on the screen or on a Twitter drop Mm -hmm. and your reaction was, I got to give Nintendo. you know what? I'm going to upgrade my service because I want to play that game. Absolutely. Nintendo doesn't, Nintendo doesn't care if you ever play the games. They just want to make you upgrade your subscription. They just like Microsoft, they wanted people to go from game pass to game pass ultimate. Yep. And they made that deal sweet by saying game pass ultimate includes Xbox live. And it was like, well, why am I going to do, why am I going to do Xbox live without game pass? I may as well get game pass and have access to all these games. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of the same thing with Nintendo switch online. You can have Nintendo switch online, which just NES to Game Boy games, or you can have Nintendo Switch Online Gold and have access to N64 and whatever else Nintendo opts to bring to the platform moving into the future. Because if you introduce a higher price tier, as Eurogamer reported, that there can be other platforms coming to the service, this is where I would let that begin. Because now we want to bring you like more premium platforms. And N64 would just be the first step of that. And if Nintendo can communicate that, that their intent is to bring, let's say more 3D generation games. Not, I'm not going to say like GameCube. That's way too far. GameCube is like yeah. for remakes.
1: Absolutely. GameCube is, yeah, it, it is, is something that I think Nintendo has in their back pocket as, as, a, as a system where they just want to bring out enhanced versions of, just like they did with... Mm-hmm. Um, mario sunshine yes so that's where like but there's other platforms like this is pure
0: fanboying but what if nintendo was able to work a deal with sega
1: and the dreamcast came over oh that is fanboying but um i i would i would love that (laughs) And look, you know, we have seen them bring out different systems before, you know. Um we talked about this in the last episode as well, you know. Turbo Graphics is is a system that they've done before. Um but Dreamcast, are you kidding me? That would be that would be pretty hype. Um and I think that would get a lot of people excited for it because Dreamcast is mm-hmm. one of those systems that's so beloved and that a lot of people that haven't experienced the Dreamcast before may have heard about it and heard how great it was want to check it out for themselves and you know you've just got a a a real top tier list of games that that that's at your disposal so dreamcast would be Mm -hmm. would be amazing to have on that service yeah
0: i mean that's definitely fanboying but i mean outside of like shenmue we really haven't seen many dreamcast games make the transition to this generation yeah we haven't seen a Modern take of modern taxi. Right. We haven't seen. You know, we're getting a House of the Dead remake. Yep, but that's not House of the Dead two. That yeah.
1: was the Dreamcast. And Power Stone was was in that Capcom leak. Um, so I'm not really sure what what yes. Capcom's playing on doing with Power Stone. Even mm-hmm. even if that even exists, you know, if that's real at this point. Right. So there's there's a lot
0: of potential if Nintendo opts to go with that higher tier. And you know, I think that's exactly what Nintendo needs because nobody's excited about Nintendo Switch Online updates right now. Yeah, nobody really looks forward to them. They drop on Twitter, and people say, "Oh, look, what was added this month?"
1: It's a meme. Two Super point. NES
0: games. Yeah. I mean, some of the
1: games yeah, that they people... bring out, some of the games that they bring out are, are actually quite good. But the thing is, they're not. Um, you know they've already kind of run the course on on those systems. You know, there, there's not other than Chrono Trigger and, and Mario RPG, which, I mean, Square Square has those games in their back pocket, right? Um, or at least Chrono Trigger. Right. I feel you know that they want to do something more with Chrono Trigger. You know, they don't want to just put it on this service. Um, you know, I, I think I think they've pretty much you know. Tapped you know tapped out. I mean, there's they've just used up their their reserves there, you know, and and now they're doing like I said, you know, it's not the 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 B list of games. We're at kind of at the C and D list of games now, which are still pretty good games. Um, the SNES has a vast library of great games, but it's just you know Bomboozle and and games like that, um, you know, aren't anywhere near as as good as kind of the the legendary classics on the Super NES, unfortunately correct
0: and i mean that's the thing where i feel as though people have been disappointed with what we've gotten from the super nes since it launched on the service when it launched on the service day one you had super mario world Mm -hmm. Link to the past super metroid and a handful of other fantastic games yoshi's island you had some of the greatest games of all time put there day one it's just been that follow-up yeah of what's come to this ever since then where it's just kind of been like there's still a lot of quality on it yeah it's just not exciting because as nintendo switch online is kind of it's exciting in the moment of whoa i got these i got five greatest games of all time i want to play and then reality sets in after a few weeks of i don't actually want to play this game (laughs) it's just cool that i have it right and I mean, n64 could fall under that same spell because as you mentioned if it comes out we'll say 10 games strong right at the start reality will set in for people when they really notice that you're not going to get golden eye in the future you're not getting perfect dark you're not getting banjo kazooie you're not getting diddy kong racing and what they remember playing when they were children isn't feasible right for the service right. it's going to be that you know that moment of just disappointment that what you really wanted from the service is just not possible, but that shouldn't take away from what the service can gift us with Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask, and maybe it's just us being that jaded older Nintendo fan mm-hmm. that we've played these games on our Wii. On the wii u on the 3ds for some of them that the idea of replaying star fox 64 for the what third consecutive generation (laughs) has just lost some of its appeal but for those who maybe this is their first nintendo platform they're going to be gifted some fantastic experiences yeah that you know, that they might be memories that stick with them forever, for if, especially if they are children. They're going to play Star Fox 64 for the first time. Yep. Or they might play Ocarina of Time for the first time, which, I mean, yeah, it's dated, especially compared to Breath of the Wild or even Wind Waker. But it's still a magical experience that any gamer should partake in. Older gamers will say, oh, yeah, well, the dungeon's broken. The structure's linear. The game was made in 1998. Yeah. It stands the test of time the best it can.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I keep going back to Mario Kart 64 because I mean, that game still it looks relatively good and plays great even to this mm-hmm. day. I mean, I think as far as accessibility um, Mario Kart would be, would be something that I think a lot of people would, would, would step into and really enjoy, yes. especially fans of Mario Kart uh, on the switch again, you know, younger fans that haven't, haven't, played mario kart 64 or maybe you've heard about it um i think that would really resonate well with with those fans and again you know Mm -hmm. people like us that that loved the n64 when it came out back in the day (laughs) yes i see like with n64 coming
0: to nintendo switch online i don't have a timeline as to when this will happen i it could it could be in the immediate future, it could be potentially next year. Yeah. I just have confidence that this will be happening despite some of our concerns
1: with it happening, or I'll even say doubts. I probably, I, I think it might happen, but Nintendo still has to figure out some stuff, you know, and maybe that's what they're doing right now. You know, like you mentioned, mm-hmm. they're looking at the numbers of of you know, the marketing numbers on the virtual console, the amount of sales that they got and stuff like that. Um, you know, they're trying to figure out how do we, how do we offer this service and get the best response from people where we can get more people to sign up for this? Because, the other thing that I guess they don't want to do is they don't want to use their entire hand straight up. If you put your best Nintendo 64 games on that service, you've pretty much used your entire hand at that point. You know what I mean? I'm sure mm-hmm. you may have some things you can follow up with, but what if we're thinking about this the wrong way, Nate? What if it's n 64s coming we're going to charge you at the start of the show, I said $5 a month and you thought, well, that was a little low, but what if they do charge $5 a month, but they add only like two games a month or two games every iteration to this thing. Ooh. So maybe they start with, and I'll just throw out, you know, Star Fox 64 and um, Mario Kart, Right. And then, uh-huh. you know, they, they cycle in more games um, on the next, on the next go around and, and whatnot. Maybe this is a smaller, more curated, um, version of the NSO where it's a lot bigger than this, you know. I could do you think that's that's potential potentially something that they could do.
0: I could see them considering that. Like my the only reason I would expect them to throw out a you know like a dozen high quality N64 games right out of the gate mm-hmm. is they want you to get that renewal subscription and and they want you to subscribe for the year. Yeah. And they need to lock you in. By doing a slow rollout, Mm -hmm. you're kind of taking. You have people. Are they going to take that gamble of? Well, maybe in three months I'll get something I actually want, instead of just here you go. Here's Ocarina and Majora's Mask and Mario Kart and Star Fox right out of the gate, and people say, "Okay, I got to play these games right now." You have my yearly subscription, and then after that is when you kind of you trip. That's when Nintendo just falls on. It's the finish line saying oh crap we have no more games but we got your money up front sorry you know it's kind of that we want to that's why you know i like a storefront Mm -hmm. you put all the appealing products next to the register like those stupid trinkets (laughs) so that a person buys the candy bar when they're waiting at the cash register or at a casino you put the best machines right when you walk in right because they want you to sit down and play. That's so true. I want you that's to true. subscribe to Nintendo switch online. And if I do introduce a higher price tier in Nintendo 64, I want you to subscribe right now. And I'm appealing to you with Ocarina of time. Mm-hmm. If I give you Ocarina of time in month eight of the year, you probably have lost interest.
1: Yeah. That's a good point. And I lost yeah. money. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. I mean, I, I think you're right. Maybe they do need to, you know, I mean, I guess my point was they need to figure out the best way to maximize this and get the amount, the, the best kind of bang for their buck and, and the best amount of, uh, right. of people to sign up. And I mean, yeah, I mean, they, I, I feel like that. Look, it, it's, we know that they have an emulator, we know that an N64 emulator exists uh-huh. for the Switch. So, they could put N64 games on this service pretty much anytime they wanted to. So yes, I mean I think the only reason why they, they wouldn't do this is um so they can figure out the best approach to get the you know, the best amount of money and the best amount of sales for mm-hmm. this thing. I'd say
0: I think the big question is does Nintendo bring N64? with the introduction of a new tier or do they bring N64 at the current pricing structure of $20 a
1: year? Um, well, that's, I mean, I see, here's the thing. I never, I don't think that whatever, if it, if it is a new tier, mm-hmm. I don't think it's going to be a substantial increase. So I I'm kind of, I'm kind of living and dying by the $5 increase. You know, that's the hill okay. for me, right? Um, uh-huh. But I guess the other option is, yeah, they they just hold firm at 20 and you know that they're going to bring in a lot of new people, right, that that sign uh-huh. up. You know, there's going to be a lot of people that don't even use NSO and, um, you know, they're like, well, I want to play N64 again because I love N64 and they're <laughs> going to sign up for it. So um it's really up to them and you know they have they have the spreadsheets they have the numbers um so i guess they can figure out you know if they decide to charge for it or not but um i think if there is an increase then it's a fairly small one at the end of the day
0: yeah i mean if i'm nintendo i do i think i would try to do the new tier just so i can make extra money And like we said, it's N64. People view these games as more valuable than NES and Super NES games. So they kind of already have that in their favor. $20 just feels way too friendly for Nintendo with a service. So I do see them raising the price. It's more so, to me, a question of how much should they raise it. Mm -hmm. I don't think they would try to double the price of it. I think it would be somewhere... I'd come in at $30 a year i think would be my my floor Mm -hmm. 35 would be the ceiling any more than that i think nintendo would be really pushing things but it really comes down to what nintendo's intents and goals are if they do opt to introduce a new tier to nintendo switch online but if done correctly it could prove quite lucrative for them but this is nintendo Really tough to gauge how they will approach this, but I am confident that N64 will come to Nintendo Switch Online. It's just a question of how. When do you think matter it will come? Of when? Next year? I'd say I would give a very realistic probability that it happens in the current fiscal year.
1: Okay. Interesting. I am. Um... I, I hope I mean, that's so. A, that's a guess. <laughs> I, I hope you're right. I would love. I would love to see N64 on the service. I mean, yeah. I mean, that's a guess.
0: Yep. But you know, we will find out. As we said, September is the month of renewals, the anniversary of the platform itself. So, hopefully, we have some news about Nintendo Switch Online this month. But I guess there is no rule that it has to come this month. But if Nintendo does want people to renew, they have to make the service look a little more appealing. Smash Brothers and Mario Kart 8 Deluxe and Animal Crossing alone may not do it. But you throw on Game Boy Game Boy Color and maybe N64, you might have people gladly re-renewing that yearly subscription to play games online. So hopefully we find out soon, but... We may have to wait a little longer to find out when N64 is introduced to the platform. Now we can go into some of the StreamLab questions for the week. And our first question this week is from Jackie G. Who writes, Microsoft are very committed to ensuring every Xbox published game that releases on Xbox consoles also comes to PC. They seem less committed to ensuring the opposite. Why don't they? Why don't they ensure the PC games that they publish also come to Xbox
1: the same day? Hmm, that's a really good question. I mean, I think it's it's a tough question to answer. Um, all I know is there's a lot of complexity when it comes to PC. You know, there is a right. lot. That it 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 sounds simple on paper. That it's just the PC version, but PC <laughs> version is quite complicated as well. There's so many different configurations of things going on, and um, there's also just there's there's so much more there that, that you have to think about with PC, um, and with with Game Pass. So, for example, with with Steam, you know, if you want to publish your game on Steam, and someone's going to correct me if I'm wrong here because I don't know. I've never published a game on steam before, but I don't believe there's like a certification process that you have to go through. Right. I mean, I think you just, you just push your games up on steam. Right. And then if people don't like your game or if it's buggy, then they're just going to um, downvote it.
0: And I, could, yeah, they wrong. might have, they might have some, yeah, some checks I mean, and balances. There's a lot of, yeah. Cause there's a lot of crap on steam,
1: but with, with game pass on the PC, you have to get your game certified. Um, which means that you know Microsoft has rigorous standards when it comes to PC games. So I, I think it's, I think there's a lot more there than what people you know kind of see um, on the surface. You know,
0: we mm-hmm. then had a five dollar donation from Hero of Time. It writes, can I have some Nate the Hate lore on Twitter? It seems you run DirectFeed Games and Nate the Hate. Are they connected in some way? This also leads me to ask, what's your story in terms of industry, background, love of the show, and keep up the good work? Uh, direct Feed Games is my channel for direct feed game footage, and eight to Hate is the podcast opinion show. Originally, the idea was I wanted to keep the two separate. I didn't want to post podcasts or discussions on the direct feed channel because the direct feed games channel was already established as just pure gameplay. I didn't want to introduce discussion videos to that cause I didn't want to kind of mess with the subscription base. They subscribed for game footage, not discussion videos. And I didn't want to mesh the two together. So I decided to go with a separate brand with Nathan Hate and still keep direct feed games as its own entity. As for the second question of the story in terms of industry background, I've done freelance writing in the industry dating back to 2004. I've attended, you know, media events. I've interviewed iconic industry giants like Reggie fils Evan Wells from Naughty Dog. I had breakfast with... The founder of Crytek, his name skips my mind in the moment. You gave uh, so Skyward, that You gave Skyward Sword a nine out of ten. <laughs> yes, a decade ago. Uh, Sivat that yearly that's his name. I did give Skyward Sword a nine out of the ten in 2011. I was young and stupid. <laughs> <laughs> we all make mistakes. <laughs> then had a three dollar and 98 cent donation from matanume who writes like many others i too am happy for your work on quake mvg thank you hard time wanting to start the game because i still haven't finished the campaign of turok 2 i struggle to finish after the third level how does one deal with this on similar games
1: as far as you know not being able to start a new game until you finish a game like or are you I'm not really following along but like is he referring to Turok specifically or just not being able to start a new game when you're currently playing a game at at the same time because I'm very much of the same mindset if that's what you're asking like I I tend to focus on one game um and play it to its completion if possible Mm -hmm. before moving on to something else and probably why i have such a huge backlog of games <laughs> yeah i usually try to focus on one
0: game play the completion then go to something else but it also depends on the game if it's yep. not very narrative heavy i can kind of jump around to a game because I, I know i can just pick it up and start off you know exactly where i left it off be it a week ago a month ago and it doesn't really matter so it's kind of i wouldn't say I really hit that problem so like in a situation of like playing Quake or playing Turok 2, I would probably just play them interchangeably because, I mean, structured, they're pretty similar. Controls are similar. So I'd probably start Quake, and if I fell in love with Quake, I would just play through Quake, and then I'd go back
1: to Turok 2. Yeah, I mean, the thing about Quake is it's just, you know, the campaign is just, there's no story there you know it's just shoot and kill and shoot and kill and have fun you know get to the next level get the keys and 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 proceed so you know there's there's no nothing kind of compelling as far as you know you're you're kind of Uh got two storylines intertwined with each other because you're playing different games it's just um you know great first person shooter action that you'll love
0: right and sometimes going to a new game you know like quake instead of Focusing too much on Tarak 2, going to Quake may actually help you when you return to Tarak 2 because your mind has now reset and you can look at it through fresh eyes and you're not just focused on trying to complete that level. So sometimes just taking a break for a game, and playing something else, and then coming back to the previous game, you might find more success. I then had a $100 donation from Shamsa, no question. And Shamsa is the recipient of today's episode dedication. As always, thank you for your generosity and support. We then had a $1 donation from Liam Warner, who writes, Nate, I have to ask, which one is worse to screw with? The Mafia
1: or Tetris Holdings? Ooh. Tetris. Has to be Tetris.
0: Yeah, people thought I was joking when I said that on the Spawncast a couple of weeks ago.
1: No. You don't mess with Tetris Holdings. No, I, I, dude, I know, I know, um, I, I, <laughs> I, um, know all about Tetris Holdings. They are very powerful and very influential. And yes, I said the same thing on the Spawncast. You make a video about Tetris on YouTube, it it mm-hmm. will get taken down. Yeah,
0: they Tetris Holdings doesn't mess around, and I know people, you know, thought I was having like a lighthearted moment, no. There's a reason certain platforms only have as many Tetris games as they do. It's because the Tetris Holdings company will restrict the amount of Tetris you can have. That's why Tetris Effect took so long to come to Switch because Tetris Holdings said, you have Tetris 99. You don't need another Tetris right now. And that's a very real thing of how they operate. So don't mess with Tetris. We then had a $1 donation from Auric305. All Right, Hi, Nate and MVG. Love the podcast and all you guys do. Keeping it real with gaming news. I recently grabbed a Mario Game & Watch and have the Zelda one pre-ordered and wonder if they're worth keeping sealed or should I open them up and enjoy them? The Mario Game & Watch was only supposed to be available till March and a lot of retailers still have them. So it appears Nintendo shipped a lot of them. Zelda remains to be seen how many they will ship of that. They may have learned from their mistake of making the Mario one too plentiful and they may make the Zelda one a little more rare in terms of product run. But I don't think either one will be considered valuable moving into the future. I would, I mean, open it up if you want a fancy desk clock, but I mean, it's really kind of a personal decision of... You want to play a game and watch or if you want to hold on to them as collector's items and keep them sealed
1: i mean i think Links awakening will be on the nso service eventually so <laughs> i would go ahead and keep your system sealed personally and wait for that day to come because i think it's it's coming
0: we <laughs> mm-hmm. then had a three dollar donation from dubious food right i've recently been playing Rush Rally Origins and it uses procedural generation to consistently create the tracks. This cuts down on storage space and increases performance. Can you explain a bit about how this works and why other games don't do it?
1: Well, there are games that do use procedural generation. And I guess the big one that comes to mind is No Man's Sky, which has become an exceptional game. I know it, 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 started out its life not doing very well it got criticized heavily, um, misleading information, a lot of a lot of empty promises, um, things like that but um, hello games has come good and really delivered something really really great. but yeah I mean that is the ultimately procedurally generated game that I can think of and if you look at the file size of that game it's quite tiny compared to other games you know that that it's compared to. Um, those kind of space simulation slash exploration games are a lot bigger in size. So, yeah, I mean, I get, the reason why procedural generation is so small is because you're really not dealing with anything other than just crunching numbers. And um, you know, if at the end of the day, you're just generating levels, you know, well, I hate to say, it, but procedurally, so there's no, um, there's no kind of, 10,000 lines of code that builds levels or there's no, you know, um, scripts that, that run to generate levels that, that always generate levels in the same way. Procedural generation is just a, an algorithm that, you know, will build these levels for you, but it does it in such a real compact and, and small way. And, um, like I said, the best option or the best thing I can think of, the best example would be no man's Sky Cause that is is very very small in in you know in size when it comes to the actual file size of the game. Then had a five dollar donation from
0: Luke. Writes love both of you guys. Could we also possibly be seeing some other updates coming to Quake Two, like Quake One was treated? That was my favorite multiplayer game with all the cool mods like Freeze Tag, Capture the Flag, etc. Have some wieners on me, boys. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um well quake 2 is um i mean yeah you know we released quake but um there's no plans to do quake 2 at this time so um it'd be cool though i mean um you know maybe after the success of quake you know uh, bethesda will will give us the job of quake 2 but that that's something that you know, it does remain to be seen. We we certainly don't have um, that in the works at the moment.
0: We then had a $10 donation from Lucy with the comment, Bark. Then had a $10 donation from Dragon Cane with the comment, Bark. We had a follow-up $10 donation from Dragon Cane with the comment, Bark. We then had a $10 donation from Lucy writing, Bark. What is happening? Then had a... <laughs> I will explain once I get through (laughs) that. We then had a $20 donation from Lucy saying this one's for Lucy, the Metroid loving pup. Mm -hmm. Then had a $20 donation from chaotic neutral with the message for Lucy. We then had a donation of $5 from Lucy writing because dogs are better than people. So, This was a string of donations made to my neighbor's dog, who last episode began barking while discussing (laughs) Metroid 2, Return of Samus. I
1: remember the dog in the background.
0: (laughs) Very excited for Metroid.
1: That's great. Very, very clever. Lucy
0: Lucy has fans. (laughs) I'll be sure to let Lucy know. (laughs) Then Hedy... $5 $5 donation from Starwin88 it writes, What's up, Nate and MVG? I I recently bought an OLED PlayStation Vita with the intent of modding it. I wanted to know, is it possible to run GameCube and em- emulation on the PlayStation Vita? I really want to play Metal Gear Solid Twin Snakes on the go.
1: You will not be able to play Twin Snakes on the Vita, unfortunately. Um, the Vita doesn't have enough performance and horsepower to run the gamecube so there is no gamecube emulator for the vita so yeah i mean yeah yeah, it's sad but that's that's the way it is i mean i guess the the best you're going to get on the vita as far as emulation is i mean you can you can back compat play um psp games no, no sweat um it'll run them really well You can play MAME, so you can play arcade games. You'll be able to play all these 16-bit systems. N64 runs quite well, but anything beyond N64 um, is just not going to work. Then had a $2 donation from Star188.
0: I have a launch Nintendo Switch, and I'm thinking about modding it. I want to know
1: if it can run GameCube or Dreamcast (laughs) emulation feel like we just answered this question before a different system uh <laughs> so if you mod your switch you will be able to play gamecube games um you now i will tell you i haven't actually i haven't fiddled around with the gamecube emulator um but from what i've seen it's pretty good um and you'll most definitely be able to play dreamcast games on that thing but again i haven't played with either of these personally so your mileage may vary but i think overall they're they're um they're talked about in in a good light so i think they're they're overall pretty good Then had a three dollar donation from bear treks it writes greetings gentlemen
0: any news on hogwarts legacy the game was announced a year ago delayed and made no appearance at the recent playstation 5 event is the project cancelled or in really bad shape. Keep up the great work. I have not heard anything on Hogwarts Legacy since the delay. I'm sure COVID has played a significant role in that game's progress, but I wouldn't read too much into it missing the PlayStation 5 event this past week or so. It could easily make an appearance at something like the Video Game Awards later this year, but I would imagine they're just trying to catch up on development and everything, because I'm sure COVID had some major impacts on that title's progress. That had a $3.95 donation from Matt Inume, who writes the battle of custom firmwares on official console portables, Nintendo Switch or PlayStation Vita. The Vita is God tier and on par with the OG Xbox, easier to access. However, there is no denying that the Switch is stronger hardware. My select PlayStation 1 games run better there.
1: Hmm. Then the Vita? I mean, the Adrenaline emulator on the Vita really runs PlayStation 1 pretty well. Um, I mean, they're both really great. You know, the Vita has uh, an amazing homebrew and emulation scene um it, it's like you said one of the best since the og xbox and i agree with you but the GameCube, uh, the the switch does as well because it has more power but i think i personally would say if i had to pick one for modding purposes i would probably stick with the vita because i think overall it's just the better system for that for that kind of stuff
0: We then had a $2.37
1: donation from
0: Matanume, who writes, PlayStation Vita 1000. Want to hard mod a USB-C for charging. Should I strike it at the mystery port or replace the primary proprietary charging port? Ooh. Would you know anything about this? I,
1: I, I wouldn't. I would probably recommend you uh, send a super chat donation to uh, Spawncast and ask John, because he would probably know that answer better than I would. I, I don't want to lead you down the wrong path. So I I can't comfortably answer that question for you on this on the show. Yeah, that's beyond my
0: range. And we then had a $5.91 donation from Kirion. All right. Hi, guys. Been listening since the first podcast and look forward to it every time it drops. So thanks very much. I was wondering if either of you have played Deadly Premonition. And if so, what do you think of
1: it? I know you haven't. I have not played either of those games. (laughs) I did play the first Deadly Premonition back on the
0: Xbox 360 and it is quite the game it's so bad it's good um i mean if you want to play it and you like can't be poorly performing weird games by all means do so i mean it's not going to be a game that impresses you from a visual gameplay narrative standpoint it's one of those it's more of like a guilty pleasure type of game where you just you play it and you may find some enjoyment with it but it's it's one of those games that's going to go down in gaming history as (laughs) what the hell was this and why did i enjoy it type of game (laughs) (laughs) and that was the final streamlab question for this week, if you'd like to support the channel, we have the Streamlabs link in our description. Donate any dollar amount, ask a question, we will answer it at the end of the episode. If you donate $100 or more, we will dedicate the episode to you. And once again, today's episode is dedicated to Shamsa. And I'd like to thank my co-host, MVG, for joining me as always.
1: Oh, it's a pleasure, Knight. Thanks for having me on. And let us know your thoughts on N64
0: coming to Nintendo Switch Online in the comment section below and whether or not you think it is feasible for Nintendo to do so at only $20 a year, or if you think Nintendo may introduce a higher priced tier to Nintendo Switch Online with the introduction of Nintendo 64, be sure to like the video and subscribe if you haven't already. And until next time, continue to embrace the...